You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is mostly about you guys here. Jump in, hop on, ask some questions. What you guys want to see, I pretty, in the preview episode, pretty much told you guys what I want to see, uh, what I think we'll see, what I hope we see (laughs) when Florida travels to Tampa to take on USF, but uh, there's just plenty of storylines, you know, a game that should be out of hand, a game that should not uh, worry Florida all too much, but plenty of storylines there to uh, kind of see just just some trends. You know, there's not not really a trend yet. You know, it doesn't become a trend until you have a second game. So, you know, everything we saw in week one, will it carry over? Will it not carry over? Some things will, some things won't. So I think that's what uh, what, what, what are things that we can pick up on that will become trends uh, it's one, probably one of the biggest storylines at quarterback, of course, you know, you just gotta, you know, but, and both guys play, play better, but the excitement level of Anthony Richardson, him, you know, probably outplaying Emory last week. Does that trend continue? Does Emory Jones bounce back uh, and, and be the quarterback? Meaning he thought he could be running game. Uh, is it Malik Davis? Is he the guy? Is it somebody else that pops up? Could the receivers uh, the quarterback game is there. You know who steps up at receiver to to, to garner uh, the headlines there because it's going to take the quarterback to play better for these receivers to step up as well. Uh, kind of the same for tight end in the passing game. Any anyway, does the offensive line continue to 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 run block and show their aggression? Uh, look, these are the games you have to do that. You know, if you weren't doing it versus FAU and USF, then the the confidence that you were going to have that you could at least do it somewhat versus Alabama next week would not be there. But at least if you can put it on film, if you can show that it's capable, if you're capable of doing those things, then, okay, can it carry over uh, to the second game of the season versus another opponent that you should be able to do it against? Get you some confidence ahead of the Alabama game. Uh, defense, of course. I, just, I, I want to see how much they rotate up front again, what those guys can do. Um, that. And a little more consistency, of course, uh, up front for me. Nope. Get that yards per carry down uh, for, for, for the running game. Linebackers kind of mentioned in the preview as well. They just didn't, you know, didn't really do anything special last week. Didn't really do anything bad either. It was just no really special plays from, from, from the linebackers. You know, there, there are certain positions you can say that about, and you're okay. If you don't talk about them a whole lot, that's the, you know, secondary. If you're, if you're not pointing out the secondary, that most of the time means they're doing the job. The offensive line is the same way. Offensive line just tends to get overlooked, of course. That's just a natural thing about football. But uh, your secondary also, you know, if you're not talking bad about guys, it usually, usually means they're doing their job. Uh, but, you know, no standouts really at linebacker last week. Um, so did somebody – just see – for there this week, anybody can elevate their play uh, more so than they did last week to kind of stand out, uh, stand out uh, amongst the crowd. You know, Hopper did get some play, had a nice tackle and a gap one there. Uh, Miller was out there. Diabate had some nice flashes on some pass rushes uh, from the linebacker position. Uh, you know, Bernie was still out there. Derek Wingo didn't play a whole lot. Uh, wherever you want to label him, uh, DeWan Black didn't play either. Uh, so... You know, that linebacker, we'll see if they can make any standout plays this week. That's kind of what I'm looking for for that. Can anybody kind of just separate and make that standout play? Secondary, I think you got some things to figure out. Do you want to play Jason Marshall more at that second cornerback spot? Do you want to have Perkins play at the star position a little bit more as well? So I think uh, 
probably starter wise probably looks very similar to what it did last week. Uh, but as far as number of snaps by the time the game is over and maybe the early part of the game, who's out there? Who's out there? Who does the staff you know, trust out there to put in the first, second quarter? Do you see him work in Jason Marshall more so than Avery Helm? Do you see him work Perkins in more so than Travis Johnson? Because yeah, I, I think those guys played better than the starters last week. So we'll see if that trend continues or do the, does the – do the guys that they trotted out there as starters, do they elevate their play uh, for the second week? So kind of a rundown right there of uh, Florida, USF. I mean, look, guys, the USF is not good. You know, Florida, it was brought up uh, in the um, – one of the – it might have been the Gators Breakdown Plus Q&A or the, or the preview, but – I mean, if Florida wanted to go out there and run for 500 yards, they probably could. But what good is that going to do anybody? You know what, Dad? Work on some, work on some things that you got to work on. Go work on the passing game a little bit. Um, I am interested in seeing the snap distribution for the quarterbacks. Uh, a lot of that probably is going to be dependent on play. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure. Well, you know, going back to last week when Emory started struggling after his first two drives, uh, he, he really couldn't get back into that rhythm. What uh, did they plan to play Anthony that much uh, later on in the game? Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I think a lot of it is going to be dependent on how the guys are playing. But I do think if it's me, I I, I, would, I just want to see them both in kind of the same scenario. I expect to start with it's going to look a lot like last week. I think Emory gets the first couple of drives and the AR comes in third, fourth drive of the game and, and, and tries to get something going that way. I just don't think you can keep his explosive explosiveness off the field, no matter what the quarterback position and however it plays out. I just think uh, what he brings to the table as far as explosiveness, whether he win, eventually wins the job or not, you got to have that playmaking ability out there. You got to have the difference makers. You got to have the game changers out there. And whether he's starting quarterback or not, I still think he can be a game changer. I still think he can be a guy that can take it to the house at any moment. Uh, you know, I don't, I, and I don't care that it was versus FAU last week. He has that capability in SEC play. So, either way, the way it works out versus USF and on down the road, you just have to have AR on the field at some point in the game. Helps him get, get those explosive plays out there. So, all right, guys, hop in. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. Be recording for the podcast, and we'll put it out there later on. All right, here we go. What's up, MJ? Hey, you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Cool. Um, you know, obviously, I never want to see the worst-case scenario happen. Um, but when Franks went down and Trash had to step up, of course, we didn't have, like, that confidence, I guess, in Emory at the time. Uh, I guess if you see a kind of a similar scenario where maybe AR has to step in if Emory goes down just how much he runs, who would be that third guy, do you think, would be that, you know, to back up AR uh, this season? You know, and, I, and I'll take that conversation just a little further, too. And, and some people will bring up that might be why you – and I, I don't think this – I don't think this is the case. I don't think it should be the case. But it is being brought up if you make that change early. If the change has to be made early, what happens with Emory? You know, does he stick around? Does he uh, – I think he would. Uh, I, don't, I think he'd be a good teammate. But to say – Plays bad versus USF again. AR's name starter. You know, what happens with Emory? Does he decide to transfer? Would he sit out the rest of the year? And then your AR and, you know, the next guy up is going to be Kitna or Dario. And I haven't heard enough of those guys to really make an ultimate decision. I've heard more about Dario more so than Kitna, uh, but that's, it's kind of far down there when, you know, talking to the people closer to the program about what would happen, who, who who's looking better there. I'd probably lean Del Rio. That's just an educated guess, not a very good educated guess. I'll be honest with, it, with you there. Uh, but, you know, if, uh, I, I, I do believe if it happens, I, you know, and yeah, like you said, no, definitely, hopefully no injury happens whatsoever. Uh, and we're not worried about the injury part of it. Uh, but even if, you know, eventually AR's name starter, Emory, uh, still around the program. I, I think he 
he, he toughs it out and would probably transfer after the year uh, to, to go on and further his career. But, uh, you know, looking, looking at the, the, the QB depth, the Gators has some QB depth. Uh, but, of course, you know, you, you would be relying on two true freshmen at that time. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked um, Emory Jones's passing ability. I mean, granted, he's not accurate yet, hopefully, but I like his I liked his passing better than I did uh, Anthony Richardson's in that first game. So that's why I'm hoping nothing happens to Emory. He stays healthy. He keeps the job and he continues to shine. So I'm cheering for the guy. But like you said, oh, yeah. it's just it's going to be hard to keep AR off the field. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I hope whatever we, we all thought about Emory go heading into the season, that's what happens. I hope he uh, bounces back. And it very well could have just been an off night. You know, it, it is very possible his first start was just a bad night. And he goes and, look, I know there's some things he's got to clean up. There's some things uh, they are both quarterbacks that have to clean up there uh, when you want to speak with that. But, of course, you know, Emory was out there throwing the ball more. So we got to see more of him and got to see the positive and the negative. And once it got into – that uh, consistent not putting the ball where it needed to be, kind of locking on to the first receiver. There were th- those are things we didn't want to see. And maybe now we have to kind of ask our question, why were we seeing those things? That, that That's the big question. I'm not sure we really know yet. It's only one game. I don't think we know why yet. Was was the pressure too much? Did getting taken out early mess with his rhythm? Uh, can he come off of the scripted plays that they practice, you know, for those early drives in the game? And those are things I think we have to ask ourselves that we don't really know the answer to yet. Yeah, sure. Cool. All right. Always great. Always a great time, Dave. So appreciate time. Thanks, man. Hey, uh, first time here, Dave. Love, love the show. Um, couple of things i'm gonna talk about another podcast but i'm gonna i'm not gonna promote it um but if anybody has not seen the gator nation football podcasts uh film breakdown of the first game it's really great um a couple of things that i noticed and that they noticed is that just simple reads emory jones is not making and there and it's kind of a little scary like simple you know just very simple, basic reads that he's missing and not making. I don't think there was one throw that was leading a receiver, putting it where the ball needs to be. Every throw was either behind or low or high. The throw on third and nine, the first throw to Copeland, the third mm-hmm. down conversion, great yeah. third down conversion. Missed Justin Shorter wide open with with you know nobody within 20 yards of him. Could have potentially been a huge play there just misses simple reads. And so, Dave, my question would be, given that, do you expect Florida to open the playbook up a little bit more this week to try and, you know, get Emory Jones some more experience, you know, doing some more complex things? Or do you expect kind of more of the same vanilla offense this week? And that's the thing, and I don't know the answer to. uh, It's all dependent on how much he can handle. Now, you would think in year four he'd be able to handle an expanded, more complex playbook. And, you know, were the receivers not running complex routes because Emory can't open the full playbook? And you know, they have to stick to the basics. They have to stick to one, two reads, and then hopefully he's taken off um, you know, with, with his capability. That, that, to me, that should be it. You, know, you, should be right. able to come, you should be able to come off your first read. Absolutely. Second read, if you, know, if you feel comfortable, go there as well. Then take off. You know, it shouldn't be one right. read, hang on to the ball a little too long, and then make the throw. Or wait a little, little too long, and then go to your second progression. Or wait a little too long, and then go run. Uh, it has to be. It, it's more about the the clicking and the timing. And as far as the accuracy goes and stuff, that is the scary part for me. I, I would say in year four and the development part of Dan Mullen's acumen that we speak so highly of. You know, you would. I, I would hope the the accuracy, the touch, the the. Those things, the, the the intangibles of being a quarterback, a little bit. You, I, I, I thought hopefully those would be further along. Um, and I'm not ready to give up after one game. And I, I and I know those guys do a great job, absolutely. Um, and, and what they do, they know more about the you know breakdowns, or especially James, he knows more about quarterback play and, and diving into yeah. that more so than I ever will. I know I won't claim to be uh, that part of it. And you know what they think there. Uh, as far as you know, what Emory brings to the table is is, is worrisome uh, in, in year four, and 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 as far as that goes, uh, in play in the quarterback position. So, um, it, it's tough to say. Okay, well, in year four, it may be a bad night, and all those things show up. 
that and it's the things that we heard about in the spring. It's the things that we heard about in fall scrimmages. Uh, that would be the worry for me is because it wasn't really anything new. It didn't come out of nowhere. Right. If you, if you listen to the podcast and listen to other podcasts and you know, practice notes that we were having and stuff, those were, those were just exact same things we were hearing. And, mm-hmm. and, and they showed up. That, that's the worry for me. Uh, so it, it's just a continuation of the, the criticism that we heard going into uh, game one. And, and a lot of that is what we got. But, you know, he, he, he did look better early in the game. And then for whatever reason, the kind of wheels fell off. Um, uh, and, and, I, and going back to your point, hopefully a more expansive route tree, opening the playbook more. I'm not saying he can't handle the playbook. I, I, I don't know that for sure. That was just a, a guess on my part. I, I don't know if they kept it simple because of Emory or if they can expand it and it actually does help him. I think those are uh, – uh, I think things that we will find out more probably versus USF – uh, if they do expand the playbook, does that help Emory? Um, there are a couple of times, too, I think, you know, maybe like the scrimmages, they put him in some situations uh, to maybe see how he'd react. You know, this is a big game that Florida was in no danger whatsoever of losing. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that could be an aspect of it uh, as well. But like I said, in year four, you would hope he would handle the situation was just a little better. So it, yeah. I, it, it is a – I get – for me, it is a little worrisome too, just because it is year four and it's not. And you see younger quarterbacks out there, namely. And it, I hate that Bama comparison over and over again because it is a different sure. machine and what they have there. But you know, Bryce Young's out there and his first ever start, and he's lighting up Miami. And you see other yeah. young quarterbacks around the country being able to do it as well. So uh, that that's the worrisome part because of what we saw elsewhere and what we saw in Gainesville. But I, I am absolutely willing to see where it goes, see where the trend continues. He's not that bad. He's better than what he showed Saturday night. Now I think just the question is what really is his ceiling? Because it may not be as high as we thought it would be based off of game one, but it is much better than what we saw last Saturday. Yeah, no, de- definitely totally agree with you. I guess it's just it's hard to be hopeful when a redshirt junior quarterback can't throw an accurate bubble screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And it's just it's little stuff like that where – if he just leads his receivers just a little bit better, we've got big plays all night. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, thanks, Dave. I appreciate the opportunity to talk, and uh, go Gators. Go Gators. All right, who else is in here? Go ahead and unmute your mic and come on. Yo, Dave, how you doing? Good, how are you? Not bad. Uh Tend to agree with you. I, I'm not going to give up on Emory after one game. I don't think the uh, the sky is falling. But uh, but also, then I start to go through the reasons, maybe uh, why why Dave go let Crunch Time talk. I I got to go do something real quick. I'll be back. Okay. Bye, right, man. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, Dave. How's it going, my friend? Good, man. How are you? Oh, hey, Dave, you know, it's it, it's Friday, so it's a long day <laughs> <laughs> breaking down film. Hey, we talked about this earlier in the week, so I, I'll give Gator fans what I went back and saw and playing the wide receiver position. Uh, we talked about helping your helping your quarterback out and the way does coaching staff and the wide receivers can help Emory out one, give him some easy reads early and. In this game, you you don't want to see 45 rush attempts in this ballgame. You want to see 50 passes. You want to give him as many throws, him and AR, as many throws in this ballgame as possible. Screen plays, um, little tight end uh, flare routes, something that is a high percentage throw just to get the confidence confidence going. Then you you got to work on everything else, but you you can't you can't throw ask Emory to run four wide four wide receiver uh, routes and not have the confidence in what he's seeing right now. So play calling is going to be huge in this game on Saturday, just from a confidence standpoint. Get him some nice easy throws early, and then work on everything else after that. Wide receivers, uh, Dave David and I talked about this. Wide receivers did not help out the quarterback a whole lot in this ball game. Uh, gotta, you got to win your one-on-one matchups, especially going up against uh, South Florida this week. I mean, these wide receivers should be separating every single time 
giving Emory that if he is going to be one, two reads, go ahead, go ahead and get open. Give him a nice big target on, on those Gator numbers and have him hit that wide receiver right in the middle. If he's struggling, then that's when you got to pull him and say, okay, hey, look, settle down. We're going to put you right back in. I think Emory right now just needs to have that confidence built up in the first first couple of um, series and then work on everything else. The run game against South Florida, I mean, you can put up, like you said, Dave, 50 carries for, for 500 yards, but how is that going to help you next week? So build your quarterback's confidence early and then expand, expand the playbook out. Yeah, as far as the receivers go, you know, I, I, I won't say, you know, that was the complete reason for what we saw from Emory and AR. Like, God, you know, I, it's mm-hmm. uh, what I will say, yeah, it was inconsistent. And, you know, especially for Emory, if you are going to lock onto your one, maybe go to your two. You know, mm-hmm. you, would like to, you would like to see your one get a, a more separation. But, you know, going to some other points there, you know, there were, there were points where other receivers were open and just never, oh, yeah. looked, you know, never even looked at, never got saw. Uh, you know, so it was an up and down performance for the receivers as well. But you know, I, I have seen the thought out there was, oh well, the quarterbacks would have you know played better if the if the receivers uh, would have created separation. And I was like, well, yeah, that's true to a point, but it's not like right. every time they drop back, oh, absolutely, the yes. receivers were were not getting get, getting open. I think you know that's the, a lot of things that get lost is uh, a lot of people like to deal in absolutes. And I'm not saying you're doing that. That's just oh no, I, I, I have heard a lot of that talk in the last couple of days uh, as far as that goes. You know, look, oh, it, 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 there's the you know, there there are both things. You know, two things can be true at the same time. Uh, oh, absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and, that, and that's probably where we're falling at with this. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Whatever, and I'm not even sure there's much of a game plan versus USF. It's more like, all right, what do we need to do? What do we need to work, work on? on. You know, you're, yeah, you're work you're on. not going out there and scheming up. All right, well, this is what USF likes to do on second and seven. <laughs> oh I mean, God, it's like, okay. No, this is like what this is. This is what we want. To we do need to on do second what, and seven, right? Not what they do on second and seven. So you know that that going to your point. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Go go work on the passing game, and it, it may lead to an ugly clunk score uh and that won't make some people happy but in the end it's probably what Florida needs to work on so you will probably keep that forefront of mind as well I mean they'll go out there and run the ball just because they're gonna be more of a running team this this year anyway you know there are certain aspects you probably still need to work on in that part of the game as well but as you know going to your point not sure it's going to be an expansive run game or maybe should it be an expansive run game I don't know what I don't know what we'll see you know maybe Mullen feels confident what he's seen at practice and what they can work on in practice uh, as far as the passing game goes but He's even admitted himself, you know, live game reps are much different. So what do you go out there and do in front of 60, 70,000 people will be the difference on Saturday. Yeah, and just just final thoughts. Like you said, nothing is absolute. So I wanted to kind of give the Gator fans here just a, hey, it wasn't all Emory and, and the sky's not yeah. completely falling. But, yeah, there's some things that, that uh, Dan can do to where uh, it will help Emory's vision and – one of those things real quick, and I'll, I'll just, just go it go it this way. It's called a, a one-side, uh, three-level read, where yeah. you got one guy going deep, you got another, let's say, one of your wide receivers, whether it's Copeland or whoever's on the, on the backside coming across, on a crossing route, that's your middle, and then you got a running back as your outlet. So that, that will help Emory's eye level saying, okay, if I'm just going to read one, then two will flash across my eyes, right. and then then three as my check down. So give him some easy throws. But yeah, if he if he struggles early on in this ball game, you don't want the fans there in the swamp, you know, really turning on him, especially considering what's what's coming up next week. Crunch time, man. That game's believe it or not, that game's in Tampa. Oh, that game's in Tampa. Okay, that's yeah. right. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay, so maybe maybe better for but but, but, games but, but still going to your point. There's going to be a whole lot of Gator fans in the stands there. So <laughs> <laughs> not completely the swamp, but 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 right. but right. part right. swamp, part yep. swamp. Hey guys, hey, fantastic work, Dave, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up. Hey, Crunch, hey, because uh, yeah. because I know your, your background and stuff. What are uh, and if people don't get to listen next week or get to check in next week, um, what did you see from Alabama last week that we, you know, Mercer's not really going to do anything this week, but uh, what, what should Gator fans be on the lookout for as far as seeing what you saw from Miami in a, in a week before Florida-Bama? I, I'll, I'll say this uh, from the Miami side. 
this is the worst Miami roster I've seen in over a decade and a half. I mean, <laughs> guys, guys, when I say Miami is known for, for team speed, I mean, South Florida, think about it. Let's go. These linebackers, Dave, are, I'm talking about horribly slow at the linebacker spot. They have no pass rush. If you're playing Miami, you're, you need to be researching whatever your your passing or rushing records are for a single game. <laughs> the, the, I mean, they're just absolutely horrible. As far as Alabama, guys, it, it is speed. It is speed. It is speed at the wide receiver spot. I mean, um, Williams, uh, the transfer from Ohio State, you saw him on the 95-yard uh, uh, touchdown. If you go back and look at the film, he won at – I'm talking about from the – from the very beginning of the route. This Alabama O-line is still still piecing some things together. So uh, they're talented, but but still figuring things out. This defense is nasty. I mean, yeah. this defense is nasty. Um, talking to um, some really um, good sources at Alabama, this may be the best linebacking core I've seen in 25 years. Mm. I mean, even with Christopher Allen being gone for the season – uh, Will Will Anderson is unblockable. There, there's not a tackle in college football right now that can block that kid one on one. If if he wants to be dominant, you don't you don't have an answer. And I don't mean just Florida. I mean Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia. You don't have an answer if this kid wants to get to the quarterback. There, there's nothing you can do to stop him. So Florida, uh, as far as next week goes, and Dave, we'll we'll break this game down. Yeah. Um, Florida cannot fall behind early in that ball game. Oh, I completely agree there. You, you mean, know, this is this isn't like last year where you know, yeah, you, you can yeah. fall back in the SEC championship game and, and fight your way back. That's uh, I I completely agree with you there. You you fall behind Alabama in the first quarter like Miami did, where you're talking about being down 17-3. It's lights out. It it is lights out. Alabama right, run man. game, Alabama yep. run game, and, and and just last last thing, this Alabama run game, deepest running back class that, that group that they've had since. You're talking about Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, and all of those guys. So yeah. it, it's going to be a tough matchup, but Florida can step up to the task, but cannot fall behind early. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man. Yeah, hop on next week, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk more about that one. You got it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Well, well, I was feeling good until that. <laughs> until Crunch came in and said, we got a shot. But all over the field, they got the best they've had in 25 years. And, I mean, as you know, in the last 10 years, they've been pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry about earlier. Uh, well, what I was going to say was, yeah, obviously I'm I'm not ready to give up on Emory. But also go back through the reasons of, like, why he looked that way and and then I I talked myself into the sky is falling you know because I think it wasn't nerves but he's got plenty of game experience and if it was nerves last week you got to believe that now the pressure's really on because you know he sees what's behind them and and they hear the talk you you know they're on yeah uh, they're young kids uh, they read that stuff there there ain't no way around it so um, and, of course, he's following Kyle Trask, who was one of the better quarterbacks we've had here in a, in a long, long time. So you, you got to follow that. And then, you know, you have a few hiccups in your first game where you, you've waited and waited and waited, and you finally get to start, and then you go out there and throw a dud. And not only do you – a dud happen on your first game, you got, you know, Cam 2.0 coming up behind you and just – me and me and my buddy was watching the game, and Emory would, you know, stall a drive, or he would throw an interception, and uh, Anthony would come in and score, and then they'd put Emory back in, and we'd be like, he'd mess up again or something, and Emory, Emory, uh, not Emory, uh, Anthony just come in looking better and better, and we were like, damn. Every time Richardson got the ball, he was just – he was gone, you know. So, th- he's got to feel that pressure. And so, so if he was feeling pressure in the first game, it, it can only be amped up. I, I hope that wasn't it. And also, with the playbook, it it it, it just can't be the playbook. I, I don't 
think there's no way it can be. And if it is, then that's a that's a bigger issue because he's been there long enough. And it's not like yesteryear with draft drill school when he had a different coordinator or quarterback coach and a different offense every year. You know, he's been in the same program. He was recruited by Dan, came in with Dan. So I, I don't know what it is. I hope I hope they just get it fixed, obviously. Um then another thing about who would be after after them, you know, got to think it's got to be Del Rio, if not only just for the last name. Got that Del Rio in his blood, and as we've seen with Luke, from Del Rio's is straight ballers. That's a joke, but <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Uh, it's all eyes on the quarterback quarterback situation. Uh, I think you ain't gonna learn much anywhere else besides maybe getting some of the younger guys. And also hope Malik Davis keeps it up. Really want to – it's weird to say this, that, you know, how long he's been there saying, like, he looked like he did his freshman year, you know. (laughs) But uh, that was really good to see. So, uh, that was basically it, just just seeing how Emory reacts to all the the real pressure. Now the pressure's really on. Uh, So, uh, again, thanks, Dave. Uh, Looking forward to hearing everybody else talk hearing what else you got to say and uh talk to you after the game sounds good sounds good yeah Debbie, definitely part of that um you know, the, the only change there you had you had mentioned not a lot of change because of uh you know coaching changes and all that stuff you really yeah the only change that's really been there uh, as far as quarterbacks go is brian johnson leaving and, and, and Garrett mcgee now uh taking over and i will say i do know for sure emory and brian johnson were really really close i'm not saying that's any factor of what we saw Saturday. I just, you know, I, I, I know that to be the case. Uh, so if people want to weigh that, they can. If they don't want to weigh it, that, you know, I don't think that's fine as, uh, fine as well. I don't think that had much to do with what we saw Saturday uh, as far as, you know, Emory's play goes. Um, there was one more point that you had. Um, I'm trying to go back to uh, as far as, uh, as far as, like, I, I, I had to start writing this stuff down. Um yeah, I forgot where I was going to go with one with one point, but yeah, at least as far as coaching stuff goes, yeah, not much has changed. Um, and you, you're not learning learning new plays. You're not uh, basically you got Dan Mullen part of being quarterback coach as well that you learn from. Uh, yeah, so not much has changed in that regard. So uh, absolutely, you're not dealing with a whole lot of change and that affecting your play um, as far as learning new playbooks, learning new plays, terminology, all that good stuff that goes into. Uh, coaching changes. Yeah, it's been the same ever since uh, Emory's been here. Hey, Dave, I really enjoy the show. Uh, as you say, there's never a dull moment. So, of course, <laughs> we love it as a Florida Gators having a, a quarterback controversy, which it feels like we've had every year except for maybe last year. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I really want to give credit to is the offensive line. I know it was FAU. Yeah. But uh, they stood up, they looked strong, and, and that's a little more concerning since uh, the protection was there, and, and Emory had the time to make the reads. And bringing in the running backs and just the stable that we have that hasn't really been there as much in the past to bring more flexibility to Dan's offense. I, I do disagree a little bit that you know this is going to be a different offensive playbook than what yeah. we had uh, under Kyle. So there is going to be a change there. However, Dan's a quarterback whisperer. You know, you've got Brian Johnson. He spent several years underneath that. And you talked about the one thing. My real question is I brought this up the last couple of years. Every time that we saw Emory go in, he has such a low ball flight on yeah. his mechanics. He throws the ball so low. I know Alabama's defensive line coach right now is just jumping up and down and he is practicing getting that, I don't know, six foot six, six foot seven average height along that defensive <laughs> line to put those hands up and smack that ball down. And that's a big concern for me, but you're the only person I've really heard talk about that. And if you want to weigh in a little bit more on that, that's my big concern. He's got all the power in the world, but you know, as we saw with the interception, I had nightmare flashbacks of Felipe staring down his receiver and that was an easy one for the DB to jump in front of, but that and, that and the thing about that, and, yeah, and the thing about that play, he could have even stared that receiver down. It would have been a fine if he would have threw the ball on time. 
but he didn't yep. but he didn't throw the ball on time either. So, you know, he compounded the issue of staring down the receiver and waiting too long to throw it, giving the DB time to recover or to cut the receiver and get the pick. So that, that, yeah, we're going to your point. That, that is the worrisome part of, uh, I think he still has the talent. The talent is still not a question for me. It's just now all, all mental and the intangibles of, you know, reading defense, putting touch on the ball, when to put touch on the ball, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that can also be nerves. He's coming in. He has yeah. a lot of pressure. He's been here for this long of a time, but in terms of going back to just the mechanics on that, the the low ball flight, I mean, is that something that you, you mentioned putting touch on the ball that we can – can he adjust that in time? You know, is that something we're going to see? Is it going to be more passes out to the flats where he doesn't have to worry about somebody jumping in front of it or knocking it down? What do you think about that? My, my worry there is this year four, and that's probably been part of his game ever since he was a freshman uh, coming in, so you would – think that part would be more consistent I mean if that's part of this throwing mechanics okay I guess just you wouldn't want to see that zip you wouldn't want to see that straight line on a consistent basis you know be like I've said it all year he's not he's not if if we're expecting and I'm not saying you are just in general if anybody's expecting him to be as accurate as Kyle Trask that's not what it's going to be this offense is going to be you know I think three and outs four phase five play drives and then all of a sudden you come out and it's a two-play explosive 75-yard drive for a touchdown. That's what I expected from this offense to begin with. It was not going to be as consistent, but then they'd be able to, they'd be able to go out there and just put a two-play drive together and put points on the board. Kind of like, like, and I'm not saying at this level, but if you watched the Ohio State-Minnesota game uh, last week, you know, Ohio State's offense struggled, but every time Minnesota did something, Ohio State was just able to respond right away. And if you put it together, go on a – Two, three, three, two, three, four play drive just because they had the athletes, they had the explosion to do it. The consistency wouldn't be there, but when they really needed the points, when they really needed to go to score, they had no issue in doing so. That's kind of on maybe a lower level what I expected to see from this Florida offense. And not saying it can't be, I just think, you know, it, maybe the opponent played into it as well. You know, don't get me wrong, it was the first game of the season. They all should have been ready to go, they all should have been ready to play. You were in front of a full stadium, uh, all that too. But I, I do think as far as opponent goes, game planning wasn't really there. Maybe the focus wasn't there. Uh, play calling and all that kind of just conservative vanilla approach, however you want to define vanilla conservative. There is a term. There is a right term for that. I'm not sure what it is as far as Florida last week. Was it vanilla? <laughs> was it conservative? You know, you can look at those two the same way. It definitely wasn't a full game plan. I, I know that for sure. But, you know, you still like to see the execution of whatever they were calling still be a little bit better, and especially for the quarterback position. So it, it is, you know, those little things that you said is, is, is some of those issues, should they be issues in year four? I think that's where the worry comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you look at other offenses out there. So everybody's talking about the powerhouse of Georgia being number two, not even scoring an offensive <laughs> touchdown. So I, I was happy to see that. Uh, the one, the one other question I kind of have, and, and we talked about patterns and looking back in history, and I know uh, Jacob Copeland, and, and let me give credit to Emory, sticking in there, staying yeah. with it, not leaving the transfer portal. I met him when we were at a Kentucky game, really enjoy the kid. He's bright, athletic, has the talent. Hope he pulls it together. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of a very talented individual that has challenges, how do you feel about um, – Jacob Copeland, I mean, he got the number one jersey this year, a lot of high expectations. You know, we talked about the one play to him, but just in games, he seems to have a, a lot of struggles. Uh, so not sure what you think about him in terms of can he get it together, keep that number one jersey and really live up to that hype. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it is going to be how much we can weigh and how much, you know, fans out there want to weigh – how much does the court? How much does the quarterback play affect him? You know, if but I also go to the say, the you know now who on some pass plays who really knows? I mean, we we don't know as fans. You know, we can gleam it from after the fact, but who the number one read is on a certain play. Now, if Jacob Copeland is going to be the number one read on a lot of plays, and Emory struggles coming off of his first second read, you know, well you would expect Jacob Copeland to get a whole lot of targets if if, if a lot of the pass plays that are called 
or all right, the first read is Copeland. Well, then Copeland needs to go beat his man, get open, and, and hopefully Emory's got throw, you know throws a catchable ball and he catches it and either off to the races or converts a first down or however it is. But if he's going to beat a first read on a lot of plays, it's going to be up to him to to, to raise his game go out there and beat his defender and be that number one target. Uh, now, you know, he's not going to be the first read on every play. So a lot of it's going to be who – if Emory's going to be the guy out there, and I think we all can agree, it's pretty much going to be one read, two read, takeoff. That's for a lot of this. Now, we'd love to see him go one, two, three, scan the field, and then run. But, you know, you're also holding Emory back just a bit if that's – what you want him to do. If you want to keep him in the pocket, you're holding him back just a little bit too. So it's going to be one read, two reads. So who, who, for, for a lot of the past plays that are called, who's going to be that first read? Who's going to be that second read? It's going to be up to those guys to get open to help the quarterback uh, there. So I, I think it's really, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's mix and match here of, of quarterback and wide receiver is if it is going to be one read, if it's going to be an early read, then it's going to be up to Copeland to, to get open and, and get that and get that ball thrown to him. But of course, the ball is going to have to be accurately thrown to him. And so, you know, it's uh, it's we're, we're going to, I think we're going to have to see more. How he was only targeted three times, uh, but was he not targeted because he wasn't getting open and the quarterbacks were holding the ball? I, I think that's a, a way to look at it too. I just I, I don't think we know enough. If you just go by the first game, I think it was more the quarterback problem more so than than, than the Jacob Copen problem. But I still think we we have to see more before I'm really you know ready to say all right, Copen's not. Uh, you know, it's pretty much what we've seen in years past from Copen. I'm, I'm not ready to make that determination just yet. All right, well, go Gators! I'm excited to see some of this play out, and hopefully, these guys succeed this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks, man. All right. A few more of you in here. Dave, what's going on, buddy? Go Gators. Uh, fixing my last cup of coffee just right, right now. So go Copy Gators. that. I just signed on. I'm at the fire station right now. All right. Um, listening to everything real quick, I think one thing that I'm going to show a little grace with Emory is it's his first game in front of people in a while. Yeah. And uh, the first two drives, he did look good. And just like Silk said on the show earlier this week, as soon as mm-hmm. AR came in, he came in, he looked flat. But what really happened, he looked tight. Because everyone mentioned he throws a flat ball anyways. Yeah. But he was thrown really – I mean, it's like he was gripping that ball for dear life. I mean, he played really <laughs> tight. Really, really tight once AR came in and did his thing. And then he had to come in and threw that interception. I mean, that was rough for the kid. I'm going to show a little grace. But I'm with everyone. I think we need to see more passes this week. Yeah. Um, and and the one thing about the talk about Copeland, and I think this is for all the wide receivers, is the one thing we're going to miss this year is what Kyle Trask did a lot. He threw the wide receivers open on a lot. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. Pass made. I mean, they were covered, but he threw it in a spot where only his receiver could get it. And that's we're going to miss a lot of that this year because right. Emory ain't got that. Now, I don't, know if a- I don't know if AR has it, but we'll see. But Emory just I don't know. I don't know if it's a lack of uh, confidence, ability or both. But either way, he he's not going to throw these receivers open to where Kyle Trask. I mean, look at those catches against Georgia. I mean, yeah. that one right before the halftime to uh, Grimes. I mean, he threw him open. That was good coverage by Campbell. Same thing the one with Pitts. Kyle Trask had that ability. We're not going to see that this year. So these wide receivers are going to really have to work to get open, to create that lane so he has the confidence to make that pass. And it's going to be tough, man. Um, but and that's I, what the coach, and that's what the coaching staff too. If the coaching staff absolutely. knows that Emory doesn't throw the guys open and, and won't really throw it in the covers like, like that, then the scheme is going to have to be there to scheme these guys open. Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent, man. So it's, um, I we saw a lot, we saw a lot of good, we saw a lot of bad, and it was FAU with some of the good stuff. And I'm with you; they did keep it very vanilla with all the running plays. Um, I know they don't want to show a lot of their passing concepts or whatever they got for Bama week three, but this week he's got to let these boys let it fly. And thanks for doing yeah, this, man. I, Go Gators. Yeah. Go Gators, man. Yeah, I think you take a little bit of what you want to see versus Alabama next, uh, next week and you apply some of it. Of course, you're not going to throw your whole game plan out there, but there are certain plays uh, that you have to work on, need to work on, that you want to see in live game situations. I think we see that. Uh, you know, just just a little bit of it this week versus USF. You know, I'm not a big whole. Uh, oh, we're saving this and this and this for Bama. I, 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 it doesn't matter. I, I don't think that's a, a big factor. I think game planning could be a factor. 
But as far as what Nick Saban knows, Dan Mullen, that they've coached together or coached against each other way too long. There is nothing, you know, there, there could be a few wrinkles, a few plays, but there's nothing game plan wise that's going to surprise Nick Saban coming from Dan Mullen. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you can see a conservative vanilla approach, but it's not going to necessarily hurt or help you versus Alabama. It can, you know, one or two plays can make a difference. Don't get me wrong. But I think in the grand scheme of things, game planning wise, you know, nothing's going to surprise Alabama next week. All right. And uh, one more thing. I, I remember my point now uh, that I was going to make earlier. Uh, Emory's saying, uh, and what you want to hear, he's saying the right things. Uh, I was listening to Dan Mullen's radio show uh, on Thursday night, uh, and, you know, Emory would come to the sideline when he did something wrong and basically t- tell Mullen, I know what I did wrong. Uh, and, you know, the, basically some confidence in knowing what he did wrong and how to fix it. Uh, so I think, you know, that, that, that that's why this week is big. Uh, the old coach adage, you get better from week one to week two. There's now some starter film, more more film on Emory Jones in this one game than pretty much uh, <laughs> dating back to uh, 18, 19, and 20. So you got a lot to look at, a lot to break down. And maybe that's, you know, what, what he needs to, to, to help out and you know, get everything rallied, rallied together. Uh, but, you know, Muller was giving him a lot of credit for uh, being able to see the things that he did wrong, uh, apply it to film work this past week. Because, uh, you know, Mullen said, you know, and we, we, we've said this, this game could have easily been 28 to nothing. And a lot of the talk that we've had this week wouldn't be there. But there were still a lot of things that were wrong besides those two interceptions, you know, besides the interception in the end zone and then the, the interception later on in the game. If those had just been completed, it's not like other things in the game that went wrong still didn't go wrong. There are plenty of things to look at, they, and when you apply it to it, you know, it's not just those two plays. There were some good, there were some bad uh, along the way besides all the good that happened. So and they say Emory knows that, and you know maybe now applying it is a whole different game. That's a whole different side of it, uh, but I think um, – at least the mental aspect of being able to bounce back and stuff. We'll have to see how it applies on the field, but at least right now we're hearing the good things about that and not down on himself. Now, of course, Coach isn't going to sit here and say, you know, if Emory uh, is putting it on himself really hard this week, he's not really going to come out and say that either. Uh, but I, I, I do tend to believe uh, what, what, what Mullen says in, in Emory and being able to assess what he did wrong and hopefully go out there and apply it to the field. All right, a few more minutes, guys, before we uh, get out of here. If anybody else wants to hop on in, I think there are some people in here that haven't spoke yet uh, that have requested to speak. If you want to, go right ahead and unmute your mic. Uh, but if not, actually, I do have one question in regards to uh, yeah, that's QB it. play. So, I mean, looking back, it's funny you said that when Franks went down and Trask came in, I mean, how many of us were really. I guess, expecting that kind of explosive player. I mean, if anything, we just yeah. wanted to be competitive. So who knows? Like maybe Emery has that same kind of progression throughout the season where like each week his game just folds over like 100% and he just continues to grow. So, I mean, that's my hope. Um, but I don't know. I mean, and go, yeah, and going to time, yeah, going to, you're going to your point there, MJ, I mean, don't get me wrong. Kyle Trask came in and you could immediately tell there was a difference. But there were aspects of his game that we were like, well, can they get better? Because remember, he held onto the ball way too long. He'd get hit, he'd sack, he'd fumble, and lead to a big play uh, for, for for the defense. And then that eventually, as the more Trash played, that no longer become an issue whatsoever. Uh, and and he get, and he got away from that. So you're right, and that that's where game experience comes into play. Okay, so yeah, I know. I just maybe leveling expectations. Like obviously, we're not going to have yeah. that guy throws that high point and has that touch. But who knows? Like you know, maybe there's just things that we just don't know about them yet right i mean there's 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 there are aspects that only live game reps can help so hopefully the more game reps he gets uh and, and some of those aspects do get better yeah well go gators go uab thanks man that's it all right one more request here Chaz again yep here we go All right, Chaz, man, you're back in here if you were wanting to say something. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, is there any other games you're looking forward to this weekend? Oh, yeah, let's get into that before we wrap up. Good one. Uh, I'm, I'm telling Kentucky, Missouri. That is 
might be the, I, I know Iowa Iowa State's going to garner the headlines, and there's some uh, Ohio State Oregon um, going to grab the national headlines. But for as far as SEC goes, I'm really looking forward to Kentucky Missouri. You know, a lot of talk of those two teams uh, maybe finishing second to East above Florida. Uh, you know that well, whatever it is, the first step happens Saturday night between those two teams. You know, a lot of people jumping on the Kentucky bandwagon before the season and even after last week with Will Levis playing good at quarterback for Kentucky. Uh, the competition wasn't the best there, so I think people are still getting a little ahead of themselves uh, when you're looking at Kentucky. Uh, I think Missouri, they struggled last week versus Central Michigan. Uh, but I still think – and I could be completely wrong, of course, but I still think Missouri's f- further along with their offensive scheme, even though it's only the second year uh, for drinking what's there. But, you know, they're not having a big, massive offensive change like Kentucky is having uh, this year. Kentucky's still going to run the ball. Uh, and they, you know, they wanted to go help their passing attack. So, you know, their offense, it, they'll keep a lot of the run concepts, but I still think Missouri's further along, especially at the quarterback position, especially with, with, with Drinkowitz as head coach there. Uh, but that's the game I'm, I'm probably looking forward to the most because it does affect Florida, of course, in the SEC East, and whoever comes out of that uh, game will uh, have an early leg up in the SEC East race. But I, I'm really looking forward to uh, Kentucky-Missouri uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I honestly, I think, I think it's going to be UK. They just looked a lot more better, complete to me. Um, yeah. Again, I didn't watch every snap of both of those. You know, both of their games. But you're saying here, I know I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of falling back to my preseason notion for both teams as well. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in uh, Tennessee and Pitt. I think that's going to yeah. be a, a really good game. Uh, I actually picked Pitt to win. That's just because – partly because I want Tennessee to lose. But I think that's going to be a, a really good game. Yeah, I, I agree with there too. I think that, that's a noon game, right? I think maybe. So, yeah. we'll get the – yeah, we'll get to watch uh, a little bit of that game before the Florida game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's – it's not the um, – Week one slate that we got, but there there's some there's some interesting games uh, of week two for me. All right, that will do it. Well, yeah, wait about an hour here, as we always do here for these chats. But everybody, thanks for hopping in. Go check out Gators Breakdown this week if you haven't. USF preview, plenty of quarterback talk. Uh, if you want, hey, if you want some barbecue, go to Four Rivers. Mention Gators Breakdown, you get five dollars off twenty-five dollars for your tailgate. So that'd be good. They got some deals going on there for football season. So go to check them out. Uh, help out Gators Breakdown and uh, save some money in the process there uh, at Four Rivers. I'm not gonna make this a big old advertising segment, but uh, look, it can help you out too there. Uh, if you if you're gonna buy some tailgate food anyway, might as well go save some money for some barbecue. So. All right, that will do it for this chat. Thanks so much. We'll do this every week, every Monday, every Friday. You can join Gators Breakdown Plus. It'll be uh, pretty much a very similar chat like this on the Discord server uh, right after the game. Mullen will have his press conference. I'll go live on there, uh, and we can talk, you know, immediate reaction after the game, uh, every game uh, on Saturdays after the game. So uh, you can join Gators Breakdown Plus there for some uh, instant reaction. Uh, if you want to, there's another Q and A episode that I did there yesterday as well, uh, exclusive for Gators Breakdown Plus members. So if you want even more, that's where you can go find it. But everybody, thank you, thank you so much for big week, big week one uh, for the Gators and, and Gators Breakdown here here on the podcast. Thanks for all the listens, thanks for all the shout outs and views, all that good stuff. Uh, uh, you, you guys bring it just as you, you guys bring it to me. Uh, I, I, I like bringing it to you. So uh, it's uh, just a lot of fun. This is the, the time of year uh, we, 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 we live for here on Gators Breakdown. So, all right, that'll do it. Holler at you guys later. Uh, well, like I said, do it again right after the game on Gators Breakdown Plus and right here again on Twitter Spaces on Monday. <laughs>